Good evening, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with us. Let us exalt his name together. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And thanks be to God, glory unto God that he is with us. Uh, I don't know who this is for tonight, but listen, God is with you. Whatever you're going through, your hurt, your pain, your confusion, your frustration, God is with you. Amen. Amen. God is with you, beloved. I don't know how hard it is for you right now or what you're going through, but I just feel it in my spirit to tell you God is with you. And because he's with you, you're going to come out of what you're going through. Amen. Amen. That's somebody's word for tonight. Amen. That's somebody's word for tonight. Good evening, everybody. Let's see who's in the room tonight. Amen. Mother Curry is in the room. God bless you. Good to see you, Mother Curry. Amen. 
Uh, Sister Robbie Singleton is with us. God bless you, Sister Singleton. Amen. Uh, David Steak, God bless you. God bless you. I believe. Yes, sir. Good to see you, my friend. And, 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 hey, and I heard your sermon too. Um, uh, don't lose your voice. I heard your sermon this weekend. God bless you. Loretta Epps. Loretta Epps, good to see you this evening. Sister Epps, Marilyn Langford. God bless you. Good to see you this evening. Brother Roach, Otis Roach. Amen. Good to see you this evening. Claire Roberts is in the house. God bless you, Sister Roberts. Amen. It's so good to have each of you here on this evening. You know what we need you to do. We want you to go ahead and share this on your timeline right now. Push that share button uh, so that others will uh, join in with us in our study tonight and we might fellowship together. We want everybody who's able and and, uh, and available uh, who can join in this study tonight to do so. And the only way they may know is by you sharing on your timeline. So go ahead and share it right now so they can join in with us. Linda Stewart, Vicki Nunn, God bless you. Good evening to you. Janice Mitchell, amen. God bless you all. So good to have you uh, in the house tonight. Listen, while you all are coming in, while you all are coming in, I want to throw this question out to you, and you can just type it in as you continue to come in and greet us. I want to see you all, so continue to greet us, Amen. But while you are while you are coming in, I, I want you to just throw out some some words that you associate with Christmas. What are the things that uh, perhaps uh, when you think about Christmas and the meaning and the message of Christmas? What are the things that immediately come to mind? What are the words that immediately come to mind when you think about the meaning and the message of Christmas? All right, Kimberly Ellis, good evening to you, Kimberly Ellis. Good evening, Kayola Williams, good evening to you. God bless you. Sister Norwood, excuse me a moment. God bless you, good to see you. Sister Kitchen, amen, God bless you. Amen, you all are coming on in the room. Come on, continue to share. We're about six minutes in. We want you to continue to share. And we will get into the word tonight. Let's uh, let's have a let's have a word of prayer. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get into this word. Father God, we thank you for this night. We bless you, O God, for this is the day that you have given unto us. And God, we pray now that you would bless this time together. We pray, Lord, that um, as we enter into the time of study of your word, that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, open our understanding, O God that which we are familiar with, that we will become further engaged in its truth. Lord, that we would not take for granted that we've uh, studied these passages so much that we know them and there's nothing else for us to glean or gain. But God, we pray now for new inspiration and new revelation by the guidance in the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we bless all who are gathered tonight. We pray, oh God, that those who are yet gathering will not be hindered by any um, anything, whether it's technology or, or anything that's going on in their surroundings. God, that we would uh, be able to zero in with uh, sharpness, uh, with clarity of thought. God, that in so doing, uh, that you would illumine our minds, uh, that we would know indeed that you've been with us. We ask it in Jesus' name now and for his sake we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. All right. So the question was, when you think about Christmas, what are 
uh, what the, the meaning and the message of Christmas. Uh, what are some of the words that come to mind? Some of the things that come to mind when you think about the meaning and the message of Christmas. Let's let's look at some of these answers that you're throwing in here. Uh, Christ, love, and family. All right, yeah, Christ, love, and family. Thank you for that, Sister Kitchen. God's gift of giving. Okay, the gift of giving. The gift of giving. I like that. God's gift of giving. Yeah. Sister Alexander, thank you for that. Savior is born. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, Amira, thank you for that. A Savior is born. Celebration. Thank you, Kimberly. Celebration. Uh, meaning and message of Christmas to celebrate. To celebrate. Amen. Family. Family. Interesting. Uh, interesting answer there, Cornelius. Um, but but yeah, certainly we celebrate family, and certainly uh, Christmas season is a, is a time of family. And I think oddly enough, Cornelius, sometimes we forget that the first Christmas was about family. A family was being established. Um, so yeah, thank you for that answer. Joy, thank you for that, Sister Roselle. Joy, joy, absolutely. Hope, absolutely, Brother Stevenson. God bless you. Thank you for that. Miracles. Awesome. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you, Cecilia. Yeah, miracles. The meaning and the message of Christmas certainly revolves around miracles happening, miracles taking place. Amen. Uh, Sister Mac, God's gift to the world. God's gift to the world. The meaning and the message of Christmas that God is giving us something for unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given. It is his gift to the world. Amen. Thank you for that. Uh, peace on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Elvira, thank you for that, Elvira. Helping one who is in need. Amen. Meaning and message of Christmas. So so it's interesting also, Mother Curry, um, because oftentimes we think about, we think about uh, that family, that young uh, couple, uh, who was in need. Uh, they were in need. In need of somewhere to rest after taking such a long trip. They were in need of somewhere uh, to get warm. They were in need of somewhere uh, to give birth to their child. <clears throat> and so when we think about Christmas, oftentimes we think about what we're getting, but maybe we need to think about who we're helping. Thank you for that, Mother Curry helping one who's in need. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, I want to I want to um I want to talk tonight about the messages of Christmas, but I want to maybe look at six messages of Christmas that we may not always uh, think about so immediately. These are some of the messages that are there. Um, but they aren't the ones that readily come to mind, just like we talked about joy and, and, and hope. Um, those readily come to mind, right? Um, but there's some other messages there that are, that are, that are significant and important and ones that we should not gloss over or look over as we celebrate all of the other meanings and messages 
contained in the Christmas story. The first one I want to lift up to you tonight um, is that God offers forgiveness to all. God offers forgiveness, forgiveness to all. Um, I referenced in this past week's sermon, um, a passage of scripture found in, in, in Isaiah, Isaiah 11, where it talks about uh, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Uh, and in this, this passage, you're, you're getting something of the bloodline of Jesus. You're getting something of his lineage, right? He is, he is of the, the stem of Jesse, the root of David, right? He is, he is in that bloodline. And I talked to you about also uh, the, the reason for the virgin birth, that God, in fact, disrupts uh, the blood or the seed of man. Um, and in so doing, uh, a second Adam is born, but without sin, because God disrupts um, the, the, the transmission, so to speak, of sin by, by making the birth of Christ happen without the seed of man. Um, but, but here, here is something that, that we may miss that Jesus is in the lineage or bloodline of David and, and so many others who, who in that bloodline have a, mm, I don't want to say sketchy, but certainly not pristine. <laughs> there, there, there are problems in that bloodline. But, but let's just let's just stick with David, okay? Let's just stick with David for a minute. David, whom the Bible says is a man after God's own heart, right? But we know David's story. A man after God's own heart, yet he was a man who struggled with sin. It's a man after God's own heart, yet he was a man who committed adultery. He was a man who was responsible for the murder of the woman's husband with whom he committed adultery. So David... David had some issues. And this is part of the background or the genealogy of Jesus. You kind of you kind of get the idea of why God has to disrupt this bloodline because there is sin there. There is sin. There is sin passed on, passed down from person to person, generation to generation. And so one of the messages of Christmas, along with hope and love and joy and peace, is also forgiveness. This idea of for forgiveness. Um, because 
this Christmas story is about how God is reconciling the world unto himself. And he's doing it through the gift of Christ. By bringing his son into the world, he's reconciling the world unto himself. And so this is as much about how God creates um, uh, forgiveness, a way for man's sin to be completely forgiven, sin's past, sin's present, sin's future. That by the sacrifice of this Lamb of God, there is forgiveness for all mankind. And so that's one of the underlying messages of Christmas. It's joy, yes. It's love, yes. It's hope, yes. It's peace, yes. But it's also about forgiveness. Yeah. It's about reconciliation. Uh, that song that was uh, being sung on the introduction of this Bible study, Emmanuel, God is with us. God has come to us in order to save his people from their sins. It's about forgiveness. And so, um, yeah, don't, 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 don't sleep on forgiveness as being a part of the message of Christmas. God gives his son so that we might be forgiven. There's another message. There's another, me another message that we don't necessarily always associate with Christmas, though we know it's true. Um, and that is that Christ will be our shepherd. Christ will be our shepherd. Now, we know the story of the shepherds um, in the Christmas story. There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were so afraid. Y'all remember that, don't you? It's, it's, and, and so, and, and what I love about that passage is that it says to us that Christmas and Christ, the Christ of Christmas, is for everybody. Shepherds, you, you recall, were, were, were a lower class. Uh, they were laborers. They kept sheep, and though it was a, though it was a, a noble job or a noble profession, it didn't come with a lot of nobility, right? Um, shepherds, you know, didn't make a whole lot of money. You know, they were not in an upper class. Uh, they were not well educated. Um, People, people, you know, didn't grow up saying, boy, I can't wait to be a shepherd. Um, yeah, so, but isn't it amazing that the announcement of Christ's birth 
does not escape the ears of shepherds. In fact, angels come directly to shepherds. And the fact that this class of people were not overlooked, this class of people were not ignored, this class of people were not left behind, it says to us that God, Emmanuel, God is with us, means that God is with all of us, not just some of us. God is with all of us. And so the angel comes and announces the birth of Christ to shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then Luke 2 and 13 and 14 says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill hmm, toward men. Shepherds are included. They are not overlooked. But there's this passage back in, in Ezekiel in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 34 and 15, where it says, And I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down. This is, this is, this is God talking here. I will feed. I will feed my flock. Right. There, there is, there is this identification of shepherds, but also this identification with shepherds. Or let me say it this way: or and and an identification as shepherd. I will feed my flock. He's saying, I, I am your, not only, not only, not only do I embrace shepherds, but I am your shepherd. I love that. That, that he identifies with them. He includes them. And he says, and if you want to understand something, he says, listen, I identify myself as the great shepherd. David pins that very thought when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. So here is Christ who, 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 who's, whose birth announcement is given to shepherds. saying that I, I'm, I'm, I'm including you in, in this story. No one's left out of this story. Christ is for everyone. Doesn't matter where your walk, what your walk of life is. Doesn't matter your educational uh, status. Doesn't, ma doesn't matter your economic status. Doesn't matter where you live or where you come. Doesn't matter your last name. Doesn't matter any of that. Christ is for everyone. And so is Christmas. He identifies with the shepherd and he also identifies as a shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ will be our shepherd. I will feed my flock. I will make them lie down. Okay. So don't miss the fact that 
that forgiveness is a message in Christmas, that Christ as shepherd, right? We, we oftentimes, when we think about shepherds in Christmas, we're thinking about those shepherds in the fields, but he is coming to us as a shepherd. Number three, number three is something that, that you all, uh, I think it was Cecilia who mentioned, um, who mentioned miracles. Yeah, and I, I want to say this, this is the message that God can perform the impossible. God can perform the impossible. Luke chapter 1, 46 through 50, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, for all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. There, there is, there is in this passage and 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 others that I referenced on this past Sunday, this acknowledgement that God performs the miraculous. When the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and and announces this uh, this birth that will happen, this birth that uh, that 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 she will um, uh, experience bringing the Christ child into the world. Her question to Gabriel is, how can this thing be? How shall this thing be, seeing that I know not a man? Right? How, how is this going to happen, given that, 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 that sexual activity is not something that I've engaged in? And the answer of the angel is, listen, uh, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you. Yeah, don't worry about it. This thing will not be of man, it will be of God. And and so watch this, and so God performs the miracle, this miracle of birth through a virgin girl, it's a miracle. But that's not the only miracle. Remember, remember, Mary finds this hard to believe. Mary finds this hard to, to understand. Certainly she finds it hard to explain. And so she goes and she has a conversation with her aunt. Her aunt who is, or I'm sorry, a cousin rather, who is Elizabeth. I said aunt because um Elizabeth is considerably older than Mary. She she she's well past childbearing age. But guess what when Mary gets to Elizabeth Elizabeth is already pregnant too. So God is 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 doing miraculous stuff in this Christmas story. When Mary goes and 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 has this conversation with 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 um Elizabeth, her cousin, 
remember Elizabeth says the baby leaped in my womb when he heard your voice. And, and she says the only reason that could have happened is because what you're carrying is holy. It's a miraculous story. And so you remember, you remember the angel's response to Mary when she asked this question, how can this thing be? And basically the angel says, nothing shall be impossible with God. I, I need you to know that this Christmas, that while we celebrate and, and we think of joy and love and hope and, and peace, please remember with God, all things are possible. And somebody needs to hear that this Christmas because there's some uh, th there's some things that you're up against, some situations that look pretty slim or bleak, some problems you've been facing for this year. And you're uncertain of how it's going to come out, and 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 you're just waiting to kind of get through Christmas. I need you to understand the miracle of Christmas. Mm. Christmas is a miracle. And I need you to know that as you celebrate the birth of Christ, I want you to be reminded that God is still performing miracles today. He's still performing miracles today. Yeah. He's still, a, he's still a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That's who he is. Okay. So yes, love, joy, peace, but also miracles. Also forgiveness. Also this, this relatable Christ that he relates to us. He doesn't leave anyone behind, that Christmas is for everyone. He is our great shepherd who watches over us, who keeps us, who leads us, who directs us. Okay? Let me keep going here. I've got two more. Uh, well, three more, actually. Three more I want to get to. Um, I mentioned Sunday the prophecy of Isaiah um, where, where he says in Isaiah 7 and 14, um, there shall conceive a child of a virgin. When Isaiah delivers this prophetic word, from the time of that announcement, to the time of Christ's arrival was a period or span of about 700 years. And over those 700 years, the Hebrews are waiting for the Messiah. 700 years. 
That's a long time, y'all. I mean, that's a long, that's a long time to wait for the promise. And there are a lot of people who didn't see the promise come to fruition. But here, here's what I love. Even though they didn't see it, watch this, y'all. They made sure that the next generation knew to expect it, to anticipate it, and to look for it. They didn't stop telling the story. Hmm. They didn't stop believing that one day God's promise was going to be made manifest. For 700 years, they kept telling the story that the Messiah is going to come. I wonder how long it takes before we give up on what God has spoken to us. How long? How long does it take before you stop expecting to see God move? How long does it take? How long will you wait before you stop believing that God is going to do what he said? And even if you don't see it, that you're willing to tell the next generation, be on the lookout for this. I, I may not get to see it, but the Lord told me. Mm. Y'all, there's power in that. When you, when you can speak prophetically to the next generation, and when you can, watch this, y'all, when you can believe that even though you didn't see it, that God, and his promises are yea and amen. So God provides in his way and in his time. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, um, verses 6 and 7 says, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Stop right there. The days were completed for her to be delivered. See, we we usually run right over that. And that's the point right there. The days were completed for her to be delivered. Now you can say, okay, the nine months were over, right? And and that 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 period of, of carrying the child were completed. But more than the period of carrying the child being completed. The prophetic time had come. God's timing had been completed. And it was time now for that promise that Isaiah uttered 700 years ago. It was now time for that promise to come to life. What happened? And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. God provides in his way. God provides in his time. Now, you, you, you might be 
like a lot of people and asking God, if it takes 700 years for the promise to come, why does it have to come like this? I mean, we, we've been waiting for 700 years and you're going to let your child come through a poor peasant girl and have to be born and wrapped in rags and laid in an animal's feeding trough because there's not even a room where they can stay with a real roof over their heads. We had to wait 700 years for this. How can we be sure that this is even it with it coming like this? And that's, that's what I need you to understand, beloved, that God provides not only in his own time, but in his own way. This is the way that God wraps himself in human flesh and presents himself to the world. That was his choice. And I guess, I guess the point that I want to make to you is, is that while we celebrate joy and peace and love and have all of that, I think one of the things that, that goes missing is the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. And so he comes in his own way and he comes at his own time. He's sovereign. He's sovereign. And Christmas, we need to remind ourselves yeah, that, that, that God, God is absolutely all powerful. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. He's sovereign. And because he's sovereign, Christmas should remind me Watch this, to stay in my place. Recognize that God does what he wants, how he wants, when he wants, to whom he wants. He's God. And things that he has promised will happen according to his will, according to his word, in his time, in its season, when he declares it to be completed. The time is now completed, and I will do what I've said, says the Lord. Okay? Um, two more. God grants peace when we wait on him. God grants peace when we wait on him. Um, we know that one of the titles uh, for Christ uh, in Isaiah's prophecy, uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. 
And so peace is one of those things, one of those words, one of those messages that readily come to mind uh, during the Christmas season. But I want you to, I want, I want you to put yourself for just a moment uh, in Mary's shoes. Or for that matter, fellas, put yourself in Joseph's shoes. And consider for a moment everything going on that would have caused everything except peace. Think about it for a moment. I mean, Aside from the economics, aside from the fact that they have little ability to provide for themselves, let alone an, a child. Think about all of the other stuff happening in this narrative that would create emotional turmoil. He's been born in a system of oppression, Roman oppression. And bringing a child into the world where they are captives to an oppressive Roman state. That's gotta, that's gotta be emotionally taxing. Not only that, but they're bringing him, and I'm going to get to this in, in, the, in the next point too, but I'll bring it up now. They're bringing him into a situation where, where there is genocide taking place. Because remember, Herod gets word that there is this new king who's just been born. He doesn't know where this king is, how old this king is. All he knows is a fairly young child. So that, so this paranoid king has the order for Hebrew male babies to be killed. I'm, I'm talking about the emotional turmoil surrounding the context of Christ's birth. There's a whole lot going on that would not create peace. Hmm. But that apparently is exactly what God, through the presence and power of the Holy Ghost, gives to his children. And he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. There's a passage in Luke chapter two, verse 19. says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's, she, she is pondering. She has to be pondering as a, as a mother. She has to be pondering, how is she gonna keep this child safe? 
All right, let me let me let me move this into 2021. Let me move this into 2021 with mothers today. How am I going to keep my child safe? How am I going to make sure that he comes home? Talking about the things that parents, mothers, and fathers ponder in their heart. How am I going to get my teenage child through these seasons of transition when they're going through puberty and they're going through all of these physical changes and emotional changes? Things that they're pondering in their heart. And you're trying to do your best to make the best of a situation that is taxing and tumultuous and full of turmoil. And here is the blessing and the message of, of Christmas. He will keep you in perfect peace when you're pondering, when you're wondering, when you're worrying about all of the things that could happen, all of the stuff that might happen, all of the predictions, all of the trends. Christmas, and the message of Christmas is that he keeps us and he gives us perfect peace. Paul talks about a peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. And so I pray that you let the spirit of God minister to you during Christmas, that, that you won't, you won't lose rest because you're worried about what could and what might happen. All of the things that you ponder in your heart and ponder in your mind and worry over. Let the message of Christmas be, he is the prince of peace. Lastly, um, last message, God is in control of leadership and world events. God is in control. Let me see if I can phrase that a little bit differently. Um, God, God, uh, I, let let me let me explain it, and then I, maybe I'll come up with the with the with the right phraseology of it. Because uh, when I said it out loud, I it it sounded a way that that I don't want it to sound. So let me let me let me talk about that just a little bit. Um, I talked just a moment ago about about the context surrounding Christ's birth. The fact that there is, there is this, this um, narcissistic um, um, king who, who really is threatened 
by the idea that there is someone who might take his place, even though all he knows at this point is that it's a baby. I mean, this guy is a loose cannon, okay? And you know he's a loose cannon because he gives the order to kill the male Hebrew babies. The wise men come to this king. It's in Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, the people together, he inquired of them where this Christ was to be born. Here he is. He is, he is, he is getting as much information as he can. And he is about to be out of control. And he's about to do some out of control type stuff. And I think that's probably kind of the language I want to lean towards. That when the world is out of control, God is in control. Yeah, let's say it like that. That when the world is out of control, when things in the world seem out of control, that we should not forget that God is in control. Yeah, he's in control. Um, he's in control even when evil rulers do outlandish things. God is in control. When evil people do evil stuff, <laughs> God is in control. When, when evil policies are enacted, when evil legislation is adopted when when evil systems are implemented god is in control that's that's what this that's what i want you to understand about christmas because christmas listen y'all it's some evil stuff can happen even at Christmas. Did I ever tell y'all the story about, about Christmas Eve at, at my house uh, when I was growing up? As a teen, no, I wasn't a teenager. I was, I think I may have been 20. May have been 20, because I was at I was at Tulu, 19 or 20. It was Christmas Eve, y'all. And 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 we were we were at the house. Uh, we used to live um, in Georgetown, right across the street from the near high school. Eight three three, stand up. You know I'm bulldog. Come on, don't hate, don't hate. Uh, so yeah, we we you know that, that was the homestead, and um, I was home uh, from Tougaloo. I uh, you know we, we were still living on campus, but. 
um, there for the night and, you know, doing what college kids do, you know. But I came home Christmas Eve, right? We're going we're gonna to make sure, you know, we're doing um, all the things that are our tradition. Part of our tradition was uh, to get around the piano and sing Christmas songs, and that's what we were doing. My sister was playing the Christmas songs, and 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 the family was singing. We were doing our thing, man. We were bringing Christmas in the way we bring Christmas in. It was a it was a beautiful time. And uh, being a college student, don't judge me. Being a college student, I had done the family thing. Now it was time for me to go do the college thing. Don't trip, all right? Don't trip. So, you know, I'm going out with my friends. I go outside and um, outside the front door and my car isn't there. And so I was like, oh, I'm silly me. You know, I'm, you know, I didn't get all in the Christmas spirit and I forgot where I parked my car. So I thought I parked on the front, but evidently I parked on the, on the in the in the driveway in the back. So thought I parked on the street, but evidently I parked in the driveway. So I went to the driveway, went out, and my car is not there. And I'm thinking my mind is playing tricks on me now. So I go back to the front. I'm like, did I miss my car? Y'all, they stole my car the day before Christmas. No joke. No joke. Messed me up. Y'all, messed me up. That was my ride. That was my, it was a Z20. It was a white Z28 with T-tops. That was my ride. Oh, I loved that car. And they stole my car. And I was, what, what the, the funny thing about it, man, uh, I called one of my friends uh, after I called the police. I was talking to one of my friends. I was like, man, what, uh, what you doing? I said, man, they, uh, uh, no, no. They called me. I was talking to my friend. My friend said this. He said, Buck, man, you're going too fast in your car. I said, what you talking about? He said, man, I saw you on 55. You you going way too fast. I was like, man, that wasn't me. You saw somebody in my car. They just stole it. It was, oh, it was messed up. It was messed up. Why do I tell you all that? Because evil stuff, messed up stuff can happen even at Christmas. And I want you to understand that even when the world is out of control, God is still in control. Whatever happens and whenever it happens, God is in control. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Guess what, y'all? I got my car back. Now, yeah, it was messed up. It was stripped and I had to, you know, try to fix it back up again as a as only a college student could fix up a car, but uh, uh, but yeah, when things are out of control, God is in control. Amen. Amen. God bless you. That's all I got for tonight, you all. Love you all. Um, listen. Pray that I uh, pray that you all are blessed by the word, and pray that uh, you all will continue to. Uh, be a part of our online services uh, when they are strictly online, but also that you will be a part of our in-person services uh, on first and third Sundays. Amen. Uh, we had a great, uh, great uh, worship experience this past Sunday um, uh, with our in-person crowd, great numbers. And so I thank God 
uh, that you all are there. And if you have not been yet, uh, you want to register because uh, there's nothing there's nothing like uh, the, 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 the ministry of in-person when we are all gathered together. Thank God that we can still worship the Lord in spirit and in truth uh, in our homes, in our houses. Uh, but thank God that also uh, we're, we're coming back together. So I want to invite you to be uh, to be a part of that. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are grateful and we're thankful, God, for this day and for this time. And God, for the truth of your word, we thank you, Lord, that there are so many more messages in Christmas. And we pray, oh God, that you will continue to allow us to dig deep into the treasures of this season. And God, we pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts and our minds uh, to hear and to see and to know uh, all that you have promised for us, that you have for us, and that you intend to bring into our lives in your season, in your timing. And until that time, we pray that we would be patient and that we would live in peace. We bless you now and we thank you now. And we believe it to be done now in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Love you, beloved. Go in peace.